said, now pick up the other arrows. What had happened? He told Joaz, shoot the arrow through the air. He said, that's the arrow of the Lord that's going to defeat your enemies. And so he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and he struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram and it's, and, and, until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'll only be victorious three times. Now God had given uh, Jehoiah, Jehoash a plan to defeat his enemy. He gave him a plan to defeat his enemy, but the plan depended on two things. One, Jehoash had to obey God, and he had to obey him passionately, wholeheartedly. And uh, Jehoash passed the first test like a lot of people do. We get saved, and we're going, okay, that's good. I come to church every now and then, Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day. Uh, you know, and, and, and he said, but you've got you to gotta do more than that. He, he was obedient. He didn't put his heart and soul in it. And Jeho- Jehoash forfeited God's best for himself and his country and the people he led because he didn't wholeheartedly do what God wanted him to do. I think we do that too often. We, we want to get fire insurance. We want to get saved and we'll come to church and, and that's good. And it's good to come to church. It's, it's good to, to make that first step. Well, God wants us to jump in full-fledged, jump in with both feet. Timothy summed it up like this. He said, meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them. This morning, I want to give you some things to meditate on. I believe God wants to do something, and, and he wants us to do it, and he wants us to do it with all our hearts. So I don't want us to settle for less than everything God wants to do in you and through you at River Church. So, that, you know, we're going to talk about a few things today. Maybe I need your microphone. That's a scary thought. We're going to hear from some of our guys. Andre is going to share a little bit. Marty's going to share a little bit, and Larry's going to share a little bit. little bit being key word, guys. So uh, who's wanting to come first? Larry? Come on up, Larry. These guys were touched during this, this thing, so go ahead. Yeah, I just want to let you all know that we went to a, a retreat for men. It's a first for me. I went up there thinking, well, I'm going to get to fish a little bit. I'm going to get to shoot a gun a little bit, which my family knows I love hunting, love fishing, get to play a little golf, which I haven't got to do in a long time, and talk to a few people and meet a few people. Well, to my surprise, I didn't hunt, didn't shoot, didn't fish. We tried to play golf, (laughs) and we embarrassed River Church in the process. But the, the best thing, and I was truly surprised, was the two services we attended. You go there and you feel a love and they have an altar call. And you go up there and because you want to receive a blessing from God. You want people to pray for you. And then you get up there and you close your eyes and you pray and all of a sudden God reveals. Good. All the mistakes you make in your life. And then your people start praying and you realize that God forgive you. And then you cry on stage. <laughs> and I vowed that the second night I would not go up there and embarrass myself and cry. So the second night, they actually had revival break out at this 
place. There's only been one other service I've been to in my life that was stronger than this. 13 LSU Stadium and Billy Graham was speaking. I was blessed being able to go to that, but I was equally blessed night before last when I went up there, bowed, I wasn't going to embarrass myself again and cry. But he cried. And I did. And I realized that the love I felt was not just the 300 men that were there and treated us all like brothers, but the, the peace and the joy I felt was the Holy Spirit. And I am thankful for that. I, finally, I truly wanted to surrender to God. I've been here for going on five years. I tried my best. And after he revealed all my mistakes, it came to me that he wants me to let him do it. For me to quit trying to do it on my own. That's right. Let, let him help you. And he will guide you. And you will feel the love and the joy and the peace that I felt night before last, and I come back a better husband, a better father, and a better grandfather. Amen. Amen. And Stephanie, aren't you glad you sent him up there with us? All right, Marty, where you at, Marty? He's doing, uh, here he is. Now he's back. Now, Marty, actually, let me just say, you know, we, we filmed Marty missing the ball a few times. He actually had been playing a pretty good round of golf overall <laughs> until that moment. <laughs> Get over here in front of the camera, Marty. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, definitely a day. It was uh, one of the reasons I, that I attended. Uh, naturally, kind of to echo what Larry was saying is, is the main reason is even Jesus stepped away, and quite often... If you guys have seen the TV series, The Chosen, you see lots of times he leaves. And I felt like, like I told Nadine, this would be a great opportunity. You know, not only spend time with these eight other men that went and then the 300 plus men that were there, uh, which I do have to give a shout out to Sean. I mean, I met this guy one time, saw him three times while I was there and he knew, hey, Marty, how you doing? And I'm like, there's over 300 people here, and he, he remembers my name, you know. I thought, gee, I'm, I'm kind of like the only guy I know that does that consistently. But he did, you know, which was impressive. Uh, but it was the idea of going there, and I was able to go sp spend a little time alone. Uh, got up Friday morning, I guess it was, and, you know, went. this is a breath of fresh air to have a renewing of the spirit, spend time with God, and that's what I was looking for. And we, we could feel the move of God in those services that we had. You know, we could feel Jesus there, the presence. Mm -hmm. uh, the spirit was there, definitely. But even the, the camaraderie with these eight other men was just nice. You know, like Robert said, you know, even Chris with the steak. So I can't eat medium rare. Oh, wait, I got two? <laughs> I can eat these. <laughs> but it, so we, we, we not only had fun, we got to do some guy things. We, we did get to play golf, and I know Robert won't say it, but he made a Tiger Woods putt, which was awesome. That's uh, twice as long as the one that we've got on film. I know it. Yeah. But but y'all didn't get the one I missed that was two feet long either. Hey. <laughs> For an yeah, eagle. eagle. <laughs> but we, we had a great time, and, and, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, talking to all the guys that went, we all agreed that, hey, this, this was definitely worth our time. 
you know, we, we spend too much time and, and don't have bonding like we, we do with other men. Something that we need and, hey, we got to go to work. Hey, we got this thing with the family. Hey, we got this. And, you know, I know Nadine can tell you I don't do it myself enough. You know, it's just, oh, I got to go to work. And, well, if I work 60 hours, it's no big deal. It's 65 hours, then you got things to do at home. You need that time, that refreshing. You know, and it gave me time to get to, to meet these guys. You know, of course, Andre, but also Eric and Brandon and Brian. And then, of course, Ronald. <laughs> Ronald's there. We didn't need an alarm clock for quiet time with Ronald. No, we did not. We did not. We but got it, up about four and started worshiping. So if you guys have the opportunity, not only do you get to spend time alone with God, you get to spend time with 300-plus men. And we made a commitment that next year that room holds 500 people. We want to have 500 men there. And it was nice to not be just there with coworkers. That, all right, I might have three Christians here. This was 300 plus men that were Christians there, all with one purpose. That's right. We had a blast. We had a blast. Ronald, you want to come defend yourself a little bit? You want to say something? You want to defend yourself? We pick it up. All right, Andre, come on up. Ronald did more than just snore. Ronald was worshiping. Pastor Robert wanted me to share my experience there. Well, what I learned is that I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> I cannot hang with them 20, 30-year-olds in that home run contest. I think so that, I'm that guy was about retiring. 25 or something that won it or yeah. second place. Um, I went up there with the same expectations as some of these other guys, and that was just to you know, shoot the guns, go golfing. But I got so much more. Pastor Lindell was absolutely inspiring and what I got from his messages as us as men in the church we need to step up in this church we need to step up in our marriages we need to step up with our children grandchildren co-workers brothers sisters friends whatever it is us as men are called upon by God to be leaders and we need to do that and I, I tell you, I just, it don't matter where you are in life. You could be a fresh Christian. You could be a pastor. You get complacent in your everyday life. And going to something like this was just, just re-energizing. I haven't felt like this since I gave my life to God 10 years ago. So I am filled with the Holy Spirit again. I am on fire. I am I needed this. And sometimes you don't even realize it. You think, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I read my Bible every day. You know, no. Let me tell you something. You guys, this trip was amazing. And I really hope they have one for women. But as men, if you guys can make their next year. I don't think they're going to have shooting in four-wheelers for y'all. <laughs> no. no, but really, guys, you guys, who, the, for the gentleman that wasn't able to make it, you guys missed a tremendous trip. We really hope you can make it next year. And it's just, once again, it was just the time we spent together. Yeah. Us as men in this church don't spend enough time together. And, and that's going to change starting today. That's right. And none of us got a speeding ticket. And Marty rode with me, and, and uh, somebody said, if, if y'all get stopped by the police, y'all got some explaining to do. We had 
We had about 800 rounds of ammo. <laughs> we had a shotgun, a rifle. Marty had three pistols. I had one, so I mean, and a rifle. <laughs> we would have had some splaining to do. So, uh, Chris, you want to come defend yourself a little bit? You, you, need to, you want to say anything? You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, I had a good time there. Uh, no offense to Rivers Church, but uh, I met a lot of guys that was my age. And I missed the picture because once I got there, I went to meeting people. I'm going to talk with a person, and I was playing basketball. Uh, at the service, for some reason, I don't know what it was. I, I mean, it was God, but Andre came to me. And said, have you gave your life to the Lord? I said, no. He said, what's holding you back? I told him, he said, it doesn't matter. So I gave my life to the Lord while I was there. Uh, so that was a good thing. And uh, I just had fun. I mean, we need more guys. Um, I've never been, like, invited to a group thing Uh Always been by myself, you know, so I had a great time, you know. And uh, Larry, me and Ron was riding with Larry, and Larry said, if the police pull us over, I'm going to tell them y'all kidnapped me. And I'm going Ronald's GPS stopped working. Ronald, they missed a turn. And, and they went out where they were on dirt roads out in the country. And, and I called Larry to see where they were. And Larry said, man, we're somewhere. We're on dirt roads out here. I said, I, said, I think y'all are lost. He said, should we have turned back there where it said Assembly of God Campground? And I said, yes. He said, Ronald, we got to go back. And, uh, and so uh, Ronald had even his GPS on his truck. He said, the lady quit talking to me. Because y'all out of satellite range. That's what was, uh, you know, but... One of the things Chris told me that, uh, you know, he committed his life to the Lord, and, and, uh, and, but he told me I've never been invited to be a part of something. He said, thank you for letting me be part. And, and this is a family, guys. River Church is a family. And, uh, and so uh, it was a good bonding. I want you to take your, your notes out because Andre mentioned John Lindell. Lindell. He's an awesome uh, speaker. And, uh, and, you know, and, and he was talking, he pastored at the same church for 30 years, big church in Springfield, uh, it's uh, called James River, and, uh, and so he was talking about some things, he said, I've been here for 30 years, and God's doing some things that he's never done in those 30 years, and it's nothing I've done, it's not anything I'm doing different, it's just the Holy Spirit showing up, and, and, and he said people, he said people are being healed, he said, not just in the service. We got people coming in and the greeters are greeting them and praying on them, walking in the door, and people are getting healed. He, he, he talked about two people that had injured knees. One of them uh, had, had had an injured knee and went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, your, your knee's all right. The second one, he had torn the meniscus and all in his knee, and, and they prayed in the service, and, and uh, the next day he said, you know, my knee's healed. I can walk. And he called the church. They said, well, go to your doctor. And he said, 
He told the doctor, he said, look, before you do the surgery, I want you to scan that thing one more time. And the doctor said, well, you must be going to James River. Isn't it cool that they've got a reputation that God is doing some stuff in Springfield, Missouri? And so uh, he said people are being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, some, he said, are, are speaking in a prayer language. Some are waking up in their sleep speaking in prayer language. Some, but he said, but everybody is going out and talking about Jesus because Jesus gives us a spirit of power. And, uh, and so I w- while he was sharing all these things, I'm thinking, why not River Church? Why not River Church? We've got a reputation. You know, I can remember when we first started this church and we did a, a food distribution. No, a backpack, school backpack distribution. We had all these boxes that we were loading in police cars. And our first reputation in the, in the neighborhood was we got raided. Because, you know, you always see the police carrying out boxes, uh, you know, from, from places when they get raided. So... That actually helped our reputation in the neighborhood. But, um, but then, then, you know, we've done these food giveaways and, and, and things where we've helped kids and the reputation in the neighborhood. But wouldn't it be cool if people said, you know what, that's a place where God's moving in people's lives. That's a place where people are getting healed. And, uh, and, and so I, I believe this, and, you, and this is your first blank, because I know how y'all are about blanks. And I know, I know Brother Fred almost forgot to fill in the blanks on Wednesday. So... Um, you know, so uh, we would, uh, you know, uh, we thank Fred for doing that. By the way, I want to thank Gil for doing the video. He put that video together for us. And, uh, and so uh, it's a lot of work. He's got some skills. But write this down. God wants to pour out his spirit like never before. Why does he want to do that? Why does he want to pour out his spirit like never before? Look at Acts 2.17. He says this, in the last days. Would anybody argue with me that we're in the last days? I'm, the last days started when Israel became a nation in 1948. We were listening to Kathy's dad doing an interview on the way uh, to uh, Foley last week, and, and uh, they, he asked David Ben-Gurion, he said, why did you declare Israel a nation to the UN and, uh, and, uh, when, when, when you weren't supposed to? He said, he said, I don't know. I've thought about that, but I don't know. And so Brother Racky took him to the Scripture and said, where a nation will be born in a day. That's when the end times started, the last days. I believe we're in the last of the last days, you know. I don't know if Putin and all this stuff is being orchestrated because we know Russia and that area are going to come against Israel one day in a, in a battle of Gog and Magog are going to come down with other nations and, uh, and, and attack Israel, and God is going to rescue Israel. But he said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. What's that mean? It's going to be a huge revival. Worldwide, let me tell you, people getting—you know where people are getting saved the fastest? Iran and China and Africa. Africa has a huge Muslim area, and they kill Christians. China kills Christians. Iran kills Christians. That's where people are being saved the fastest, more than any places in the world, because of that persecution. Let me tell you, he's pouring his spirit out. He's pouring his spirit out. He said, "I'll pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters." will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. He, he talks about prophesying. It's really, it's not like giving a prophetic word of, about the future. It's talking about speaking about Jesus. It's talking about preaching the word of God and, and sharing Jesus with people. And that's what we're all supposed to do. And, and, um, and so, you know, when God moves, uh, stuff like that happens. Look at Acts 4, 29 through 30. It said, and now, Lord... 
hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness. What are the threats? The Romans were threatening to kill the disciples. They said, listen, they'd arrested them. They were in jail for preaching. He said, Lord, hear their threats. Give us your servants what? Great boldness in preaching your word. They said, you told me to quit? Uh Uh-uh, I'm going to be bolder and step up. That's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. and, And so he said, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy servant. See, they preached with boldness, and they asked God to give them greater boldness. Then they asked for miracles to happen to show people God is really God. And why is all that happening? How's it happening at James Rivers Church and James and, and other churches around the world? Why is, how does that happen? The key is, write this down, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31 says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all, all together. It said the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what they did. They preached the word of God with what? Boldness. They were, listen, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. He's not giving us a spirit of being embarrassed about our faith. He wants us to talk about our faith boldly. And, and, and so when, you, when, when God's moving in your life, it's easy to talk about. And that's why we want to see God move in everybody's life here. And, uh, and they were going around uh, preaching with boldness. And, and, uh, and so it says, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit... Write this down. Many miracles took place. I'm going to read a few from Acts 5. Acts 5, I pardon my voice. The band was so loud, I knew I was in trouble. When the band was singing, we're going to worship louder, loud, loud, loud. And I'm going, oh my. And, and, and so I think we were, you know, you couldn't hear yourself. So we were singing at the top of our lungs, not realizing our voices are going to be gone, you know. And uh, so, but... It says the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders. When you see signs and wonders, why would a miracle be a sign or a wonder? It's a sign that God is God and God is working in people's lives. Let me tell you, what Larry testified about his life is as much a sign and wonder as what I'm fixing to read in Acts 5. What Marty was talking about is happening in their life. Uh, Chris giving his life to the Lord. What God is doing in your life, those are miraculous things. He said they were performing miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in an area known as Solomon's Colonnade. It's a cool place. We've seen that. And, and, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. So even though they're afraid of the Pharisees and all that and The people were coming to faith in Christ, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats, listen, so that Peter's shadow might fall on them and they were being healed. Now, I remember, I don't know if any of y'all are old enough to remember Reverend Ike uh, on TV. uh, You know, some of these old TV guys, they would sell you a handkerchief, you know, but but there's a biblical basis for that happening. Peter's shadow would fall on people. And, 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 and so uh, people, the sick were being healed. They weren't, it wasn't costing them any money, though. That's, this was the real deal. And, and so as he went by, crowds came from villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and all of them were being healed. Now, listen, that's drawing some attention. That's drawing some attention. 
I remember um, Bill, um, what's his last name, at Bethel, was talking about some of their church members. They, they prayed for somebody in, in the checkout aisle at, at the grocery store, and, and this person was healed, and the, and the grocery store clerk said, if you're needing a healing, come to aisle one, you know, and, and because the Holy Spirit was there doing some stuff, and, and uh, you know, people started lining up to get healed. And, and that's what was happening here. People were getting healed. Signs and wonders are meant to show people that God is moving. And people were being healed and delivered and being saved. The Holy Spirit was performing miracles to show people Jesus. Write this down. The key to these miracles was the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's what happened at Pentecost. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It said, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, Jesus appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Now, I want you to, the reason I, I highlighted that is he commanded them, and here's what he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem till the Father sends you the gift he promised, which is the Holy Spirit. He had already told them, I'm going to send a comforter, I'm going to send... One just like me, that's the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't leave. He didn't, he, look, he didn't tell him go evangelize. He didn't say have a Bible study. He said, you stay right here and wait until you get the promise, until you get the Holy Spirit. See, too often we want to go, go, go. But the gift he's talking about is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5. He said, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you're going to what? You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, write this down, you will receive power. He said, well, God's not giving us a weak spirit. He's not, he never meant for us to walk around being sheepish. He gives us power. He gives us power. He said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What kind of power? He said, and you will be my witnesses. What does it mean to be a witness? It means to live for God. It means that you've been delivered from drugs and now you're living for God. It means that you're treating people different than you used to be. You used to be a knucklehead and now you're a man or a woman of God. It means that you used to be a hoochie and now you're not. I mean, it means that you've changed. You're a witness. You can live for God. That's what it means. He said, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. Then, you know, I've heard people say, well, I want to be a witness, and if you have to, use words. No, that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't say it unless you're living it. But then, then Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses, and you'll tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, that's your family, your close friends. Judea, that's people at work. Samaria, that's people that's different than you. And then in case you think you can get off, he said, the ends of the earth. That power, I got ahead of myself a little bit. The word there is dunamis which we get dynamite from. I mean, it's a power. It's power. And, and we're given power to live for God. You struggle. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have power. You can overcome those, those actions, those, those habits that you had. You can overcome bad habits. You can overcome addictions. It changes us into different people because he changes our want-tos and he gives us the power to, to do the new want-tos. And, and that's what he does. That's that power. Listen, prayer language might be an initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and, and, but, but power is the ultimate 
sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, God used miracles to show who Jesus was, and he'll use them with people to show who he is through us now. See, the disciples, Jesus performed miracles that got attention. The disciples performed miracles that got attention. He'll use that with us to get attention as well. I remember a story of Billy Graham. Billy Graham had gone to England and was preaching a crusade. And, and, and the headlines were, this American preacher is a so-so preacher. Not much results. And he was preaching. He, I mean, Billy would do these eight-week-long crusades. And, and not much was happening. And he prayed with a guy named Stephen Olford for all day. They were on their face before God. Later that afternoon, Billy Graham jumps up. And he said, I've got it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And y'all know how Billy would do crusades. He'd say, in just a moment, I'm going to ask that you come forward. Well, that night when he stood up and said, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, people started running to the altar. That had never happened before. Why? It's the power of the Holy Spirit in his message. Same message. Dude preached the same sermon for 60 years. Different illustrations, different stories. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It changed his ministry forever. He'll change ours. Acts 2.22 said, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. So the Holy Spirit used these miracles to endorse Jesus, to show Jesus was the Son of God. Peter said that, uh, you know, God endorsed him by doing those. The miracles showed people who Jesus was. Write this down. Miracles provided and still provide witnessing opportunities. So after Peter healed this lame beggar, it was so dynamic that it gave him a witness and an opportunity. Look at Acts 3.12. It said, after he healed this guy and, and, and people are taking notice, Peter saw his opportunity. Let me ask you, when, when God does something in us, do we see our opportunity? Now, I was reading that, I'm thinking, all the opportunities I've missed. But we need to see our opportunity. And he addressed the crowd. He said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this and why stare at us is though we had man this man, made this man walk on our own power or godliness. Then, then, then he goes on to tell them about Jesus. Look what he said in verse 7 of Acts 4. He said, they brought, they, uh, you know, he goes on to tell them about Jesus. And in Acts 4, 7, it happens again. They brought in two disciples and demanded, by what power and whose name have you done this? Now, Peter, you know, they've, they've, they've healed this guy. Now they're before the authorities. By whose power have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said this to him. I love this. Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? And then Peter flipped the script on him. He said, do you want to know why, how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. See, he just used it as a witness. And you might be at work one day. And somebody's going to say, how can you have peace that passes all understanding when work is crazy? And you know what you're going to say? You want to know how? Because of Jesus has given me that peace. Jesus, the one that was crucified and paid the price for our sins. Witness and opportunities. We've got to see our opportunities. See, the apostles saw those opportunities, gave them witness and opportunities. 
It says in Acts 4.33, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. You know why we can testify powerfully? Because we felt it ourselves. I've experienced it. I've experienced the change. I was a knucklehead. Now I'm not so bad. You know, I'm still moving in the right direction. God has done miraculous changes in people's lives. You heard the testimony from these guys. Listen. Stephanie came in here two weeks ago. She could barely walk. She could barely walk. She was hurting with shingles so bad. Anybody ever had shingles? It's painful. We prayed over her a couple of times. We prayed on her outside. We prayed in here. Guess what? The next morning she woke up no pain. So when somebody sees her at the grocery store, so wait a minute, you've been in bed for a month. Let me tell you about my Jesus. You got to witness an opportunity. You don't think that built her faith? I mean, we've had other people. We had somebody uh, come to Pastor Kathy had been in pain for weeks, and she prayed, and, 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 and the next day they were healed. She was healed. We had a guy in jail that had been diagnosed with bladder cancer. And uh, Pastor Kathy prayed for him in jail. And uh, the next day she saw, or about a week later she saw him, I guess. And uh, he had, uh, next day, he, he went to the medic. He had, I won't go into the details, but he had a parasite in him that they thought had been cancer and it was no cancer. But we know the cancer was there. Just God healed it and he was fine. You know, we've, we've seen sick people healed. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen m- miraculous things. Nettie and Andre, neither one of them are in here, but, uh, you know, when they were looking to buy a house, they were like number 15 on this list to get this lot that they wanted. We went with them, and we prayed over that lot that they wanted. And about two days later, they got a call and said, y'all want that lot? Y'all want that lot? See, God had moved them up the list. And the, and the realtor said, you know, I just felt something telling me to call y'all about this lot. And, and, and so God does miracles. Those are witnessing opportunities. Those are witnessing opportunities. You might have a finger healed or, or something, you know, and, and, and God uses that. Look, Acts 6, 8, Stephen, who was, he wasn't a pastor. He, wasn't, he, wasn't, he was a deacon. He was a man full of God's grace and power, and he was performing amazing miracles and signs. He's a regular old guy out doing some miracles. He was the first martyr. They killed him because of it. Check Philip out. He was one of the disciples. Acts 8. People listened to him because of the miracles he performed. Acts 8, 6 through 7. I'm just giving you some things to think about. This is a little different kind of message for me. I'm usually like laser focused on one thing I want you to do at the end. And I kind of am today. But crowds listened to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miracles. The miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many uh, who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Here, here Philip's doing these things. And, and then it said there was a sorcerer named Simon that was following him around. And, and, and he was following around and, and he became a believer because he saw what Philip was doing. It says Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he began following Philip wherever he went because he was amazed by the signs and the great miracles that Philip performed. Guys, when God's changing your lives, those are great signs. I mean, it, it, a healing of somebody that's sick, that's a great miracle too. But, but the change of life 
for some of us, that's a miracle. And, and that can bring change to people. You see, Jesus, Jesus, even Jesus had to have the Holy Spirit. Look, look what it says here. I mean, do you think, let me ask you, do you think that if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in his life, maybe we do too? You think that? Look what it says uh, right here. It says, Acts 10, 38, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So Jesus, when he became a man, he became 100% man. Now, he's still God, but the Bible said he laid aside his glory. And he lived as a man. He had to walk by faith like we do. And God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do any miracles before his baptism. After he was baptized, he started doing miracles. And, and, and so it says God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. And then what it says, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And, and so, you know, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. We need to, What about Paul? Acts 19, 11 says, and God gave Paul the power to do unusual mi- miracles. Paul was an educated guy. He was, he'd have three PhDs today. I mean, he was a smart guy. David Ben-Gurion told uh, Pastor Kathy's dad that Paul is the most dangerous, is the biggest danger to modern-day Judaism because he was an educated Jew. And, and, here, and it says God gave Paul the power to do unusual miracles. Paul didn't have the power. God gave it to him. When the handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases. And evil spirits were expelled. I mean, people just, God, Jesus said, look, much more will you do than I've done. And that was happening in these disciples. Now, I'm not saying you need to, when somebody comes up and says, pray, that you throw your hanky at them, all right? And I'm not saying do that. Work for Paul, but I'm not Paul. Listen, the keys where they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And write this down. Jesus' followers should all be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life should be the Christian norm and not an exception. And, and listen, I know a lot of us, we see crazy people that, that's, oh, I'm Spirit-filled, and they're barking and whatever, and, 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 and they're talking in King James. Listen, when people act crazy and blame it on the Holy Spirit, they were crazy before they got the Holy Spirit, all right? It, you, you can be full of the Holy Spirit and, and not be goofy, okay? Goofy, goofy is not uh, what we're talking about. But Jesus wants all the followers to be baptized. Look what he said in Acts 1, 4 through 5. Once he was eaten, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends this gift. Then he said, in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Write this down. All the believers at Pentecost were filled with the Holy Spirit. All that were present there were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And er- what does it say? Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now this... At this point, they were speaking other languages. Jerusalem, it was Passover, and, and people were in from all over. It'd be like uh, if we, several of us were over in the Ukraine area, and we're preaching, and Ukrainians are hearing us, and Russians are hearing us, and they understand us. That's kind of what was going on. And, 
and, and, but they all were speaking in other languages and preaching. Listen, we're living in the last of the last days. And God said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. So all the believers were filled at Pentecost. Paul commanded the believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Write that down. Paul commanded. Look what it said in Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't let anything control your life. Don't let anything, whether it's wine, drugs, alcohol, pornography, food, whatever it is, don't let anything control your life because that will ruin your life. Instead, he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The only thing we need to let control us is the Holy Spirit who we give control to. See, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and move us to be more and more like Jesus. He won't dominate us. He'll lead us. We've got to pardon that. We've got to allow him in. We've got to receive him. We've got to allow him to do his work. And the next blank for you is the Holy Spirit filled the Gentiles. See, up to a certain point, it was all Jewish believers that were uh, this was happening to. And then, then uh, Peter's preaching about Jesus to a group of people. And while he's preaching, the Holy Spirit comes along. It says, look in Acts 10, it says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. The message Fred brought with that video Wednesday was that, you know, there's going to be some people in heaven. We're going to be amazed they're there because they're, quote, bad people. But guess what? When they get Jesus, he changes them. You see, there's going to be a lot of surprises in heaven. And, and the Jews were surprised. Wait a minute. This is Gentiles getting filled with the Holy Spirit because they, they heard them praising the Lord and praying in a prayer language and, and all that. And, and, so they, and, and then they said, can anyone object to these being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just like we did? Just like we did, no matter who you are. Doesn't matter who you are. Just like we did is what they said. You see, we've got to write this down as your last blank. I know... Some of you would feel betrayed if I don't give it to you. We must receive the Holy Spirit too. I believe we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit when we receive Christ. Because when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. But there's another thing that happens. It's baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's where you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that may happen many times. But it says Peter and John laid their hands on these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you're going to drink from the fountain, you got to swallow. If you're going to drink from the fountain, you got to swallow. It means you got to receive the Holy Spirit. You may, I want the band to come on up. Y'all play something good. Um, Peter and John said, come up and they received the Holy Spirit. You may never have accepted Jesus. And listen, if if you've not accepted Jesus, that's the first step. That's where you're indwelt. Then you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? It gives us power. It doesn't make you goofy. You know, a lot of people I've found are afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't know why. It's a guy that uh, talks about the Holy Spirit a lot, uh, Robert uh, Morris, and, and he, said he, he calls him his best friend because, see, he lives in me. He empowers me. He's that little voice that says, Robert, don't do that. That's pretty stupid. He's, that, he's the one that says, Robert, go talk to that person. Go do this. 
He'll do the same for you, and he needs to be our best friend. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if this sounds like Greek to you, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus like I did. See, I was cruising through life, and I'd gone to church, and, and you know, I was religious, but I needed a faith that was mine. I needed a personal relationship with a living Jesus. And I knew he'd raised from the dead. I knew he died for my sins. But I'd never accepted it. I want to give you an opportunity to do that because we, the Bible says to all who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. You know, somebody one time said, well, aren't we all God's children? No, we're all God's creation. When you receive Christ, you're his child. I'll give you that opportunity. So just, you can pray silently with me. You can pray out loud. But dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be the Lord of my life. I want to live with you forever in heaven. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit to live for you now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, if you prayed that prayer or something like that, where you just invited Christ, let me tell you, it came for me at home in my bed on a Thursday night in October of 1973 after watching Kung Fu. Kung Fu had nothing to do with it. But I'd been to a youth group meeting that that afternoon called Campus Life, and the guy said, when are you going to get off the fence? And that night I chose to get off the fence. There wasn't, bells didn't go off. uh, The alarms didn't go off. I just prayed to receive Christ and I knew he was there. The next morning, I couldn't wait to go tell my buddies and a couple of them had done the same thing. See how God works. A group of about eight or ten of us grew together and did a, what we called a small group. We call those that now. These guys that we went on this trip together kind of feel that way about each other it was a small group where we could hold each other accountable where we did some bible studies together and we grew together and we grew in the lord it's been a long time 40 50 years now since some of those guys a couple of them have died and we still kind of keep up with each other through a guy named john and and uh and facebook sometimes and, but we we had something that that god gave us you need that that's what this church is about you may be here tonight or this morning rather and maybe you've accepted Jesus but maybe you've kind of strayed away and you know maybe you've you've, you've been one that's afraid of the Holy Spirit you know and, and so you don't need to be afraid I want to I want to call us all to the altar you know when when Larry was saying we need a revival like we had up there let me tell you you come turn Facebook off Kenny uh, we need we need we need to press into God. We need to press into God. And uh, and so we're going to sing whatever they're singing, but while they're singing it, I'm going to call you. If you want Pastor Kathy or myself uh, to pray for you, we will. We'll lay hands and pray for you. If you're sick, we'll pray for you. If, if you just want more of the, of, of the Holy Spirit in your life, we'll pray for you. I don't think that you're going to start barking or dancing around, but you know what? I've come to the point in my life that if God wants me to bark, I want to bark. If God wants me to dance, I want to dance. He's going to have to do something with my... He's going to have to do something with the cartilage in these legs to do that. I was watching these guys dance at the altar, and I was going, I didn't even have that much energy when I was 12. Not, you know, 
And, uh, but, but look, it's whatever God wants. So let's stand up. Father, we love, Lord, we love you this morning. And so, God, we want more of you today. And so, God, I just pray for our people that, Lord, we'll press in to you. And so, Lord, whether it's at this altar on our knees, whether it's just up here with our hands lifted up, Lord, we want more of you. We want more of you in our lives. And so just come forward and you tell God you want more of him in your life. If you need prayer for healing, we're going to pray for that as well. So you come forward now.